Hello and welcome back to the European show. This is episode 19. This time Nick is here because he pressed record. So welcome back, Nick. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jack? I'm doing well as well. So obviously we had the first games in the round of 16 of the Champions League, which we will look look at now. So the first one we'll look at is Real Madrid versus RB Leipzig. It finished 1-0 to Real Madrid. However, it was... It wasn't an easy game for Leip- for for Real Madrid, and Leipzig really caused a lot of issues for them. And you can quite comfortably make the argument that Leipzig had something that was close to a certain goal disallowed right at the beginning of the first half, which obviously could have changed the whole momentum of the game. Yeah, indeed. Um, we saw the goal disallowed because there was a Leipzig player um, offside. It is important to note this Leipzig player was behind Andre Lunin, that being Ramage's goalkeeper, um, and the two had come in contact. But they came in contact before the pass was made. Essentially, like Lunin tries to step back, the the player is kind of there. But then when the pass is made, Lunin steps forward to try and catch the like catch the cross. So he's not being obstructed. Like the um, the the player offside doesn't stop him from doing what he wants to do, and he definitely doesn't stop him from saving the ball. Because Lunin was nowhere near able to save, like he was just out of position. He he just wasn't able to save that ball because he had just misstepped. And so it 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 was like a completely like it's one of those goals where if you switch it around, and if it had been Real Madrid scoring that goal, it would have never ever 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 been ruled offside. I I I don't know if you agree or not. Um, I I don't know. Obviously, I'm not used to this. Real Madrid paid the refs. Or the refs are in Miyamajid's favour because obviously I'm not in there. I don't experience it week in, week out, so I can't really um, make an assumption of it. But should Leipzig have got more out of this game? Yes. Benjamin Sheshko had several chances to score, but he he just it it didn't help that Lunin had a, had a, had a good game as well as the fact that his finishing just wasn't there on the day. Miyamajid uh, did were without Jude Bellingham, which is worth noting and so I mean it is because Brahim Diaz is a fantastic football player Bellingham's replacement for him Diaz stepped in and he stepped up when he needed to scoring which I think you can admit is a, is a good goal to give Biamajid the lead and ultimately they were able to see the game out and and win 1-0 you can also make the argument that Danny Calvaha maybe shouldn't have been on the pitch for most of the game there were several cynical fouls that he made that were not punished by the ref, and he only got away with one yellow card in in the second half. I mean, it's it's Real Madrid. This 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 is how they play. It's 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 the history of Real Madrid. Leipzig go to Spain in three weeks' time with quite a a tough. It's not really a big deficit to overcome, but they have to do it in Spain which in itself is quite difficult. Um, the other game on that night saw Manchester City obviously beat Copenhagen 3-1. In the first half, it wasn't simple, as Copenhagen, as we've seen this season, are not an easy team to play against. And yes, City took the lead, but then Copenhagen equalised. 
only for obviously Manchester City to score just before half time to go in one two one up. Uh, they then saw the game out, but it was really complete Manchester City dominance. Um, it is unlikely, unless some miracle happens, that Copenhagen will be pro uh, going for the quarterfinals. It's also worth noting that Copenhagen haven't played a game in a good couple of months either. So then on to Wednesday's games, we had a shock, really, as Lazio beat Bayern Munich 1-0. Um, we'll go into Bayern Munich's problems in more detail later on, but this was dominant game from Bayern Munich they just weren't able to get a shot on target which is becoming a common common occurrence and it's not really an ideal situation to have and it's quite surprising as well especially considering the fact they do have one of the best strikers in the world on their team I mean if the ball doesn't get to us head striker doesn't really matter does it I think um, Bayern are suffering from the same problem that mediocre manager big teams are, are struggling with, such as Pochettino at Chelsea, that the opposition just low blocks them with a moderate amount of with a moderate amount of organization and suddenly they become paralyzed. Like it's it's just a matter of not working through a good system to be able to break through the final third. So in the second half, again the game was mainly dominated by Bayern and then as we know Upamecano is prone to lapses in concentration and it happened here where for some reason he fouled Isakson of, of Lazio and he's immediately sent off <laughs> so Bayern are not only down to 10 men they end up going a goal down when Immobile um, scored the penalty and so Lazio were able to quite comfortably see the, the win out and they won 1-0, um, which obviously means they now have to go to the Allianz with, with a lead against the Bayern Munich team, which in three weeks' time, God knows what state they will be in because they're not on an upward trend and they're not showing this common Bayern thing where they lose a game and then the next opponent they kind of like ruthlessly beat. Then we had a game which could have been full of surprises with Real Sociedad being one of the surprise teams in the season's Champions League. However, for once, PSG kind of got the job done uh, with goals from Kylian Mbappe and Bradley Barcola. It was a relatively comfortable win for PSG. However, do you think when they go to San Sebastian, they could cock it up? Yes, 100%. It is PSG we're talking about. Uh, I think the most likely scenario is they're capable of getting the job done. Um, they have a comfortable, very comfortable 2-0 lead. Um, they have a lot of quality. And when they can defend well, which is most of the time, uh, they're, they're actually quite solid because they have good players. But once again, this is PSG we're talking about. It is a team that has lost to pretty bad teams in Liga. Um, it is a team that historically collapses along the Champions League. Um, and San Sebastián is a... Well, Anueta specifically is a pretty difficult stadium to play in. Um, and especially because it's, it's a Real that's potentially last match in the Champions League uh, in a while. And both the players and the fans are going to be giving it 
100%. So I think if both Luis Enrique and the rest of PSG don't take this game seriously and aren't focused all the way through, they're going. there's a pretty good chance of them um, getting a nasty surprise. So next week is the other Champions League games for first exit of round 16. We have Porto versus Arsenal, which is most likely going to be Arsenal. PSV versus Borussia Dortmund, which will be an interesting game, especially because Dortmund are prone to being quite shit. Then we have Inter versus um, Atletico Madrid. We were meant to, we actually previewed this last week, but no one heard it. Um, so Inter versus uh, Atletico Madrid. Obviously, Inter kind of runaway leaders at the top of Syria. Atletico Madrid are kind of floundering a bit. What do you make of this tie? Uh, what what I think is, as, as I'll cover later, Atleti is so strong at home and so incapable away. It really depends on uh, how much of an advantage they can they can accrue playing um, in the Metropolitano. And, and they have the problem that first they'll play away. Um, so um, their stronger home game will come as them trying to recover from a game they will presumably have either drawn or lost in considering they're playing away, which is it's difficult for them, but also against a team better than them um, in terms of quality. Uh, so it, instead of them like first getting the advantage and then holding on to it, they have to recover, which is considerably more difficult because um, Inter are an Italian team and they will just defend if they have a lead. So I think overall the tie is favourable to to Inter because also they are just right now the best team in Italy and they're generally quite solid. Um, so I do see them as as fair favourites for uh, for this next round. Then we have the tie of the two underperforming teams. It's Napoli play Barcelona. Um, obviously this is a Barcelona team that are struggling and a, a Napoli team that are also struggling. Um, so God knows how that will end. It's 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 going to be a shit show. So before we have our break, we will look at the Bundesliga because we obviously probably had the biggest game of the season that will happen um, at the weekend. Bayer Leverkusen versus Bayern Munich. It was really a case of if Lev- can Leverkusen are Leverkusen just like pretending like Borussia Dortmund most of the time, or can they actually compete with the Bayern Munich side? Normally with these type of games, Bayern play the contender and they're blown away within the first 10 minutes and it's like 3-0 to Bayern. However, this time it was different. Um, Leverkusen started the game off strongly. They were overwhelming Bayern. And then um, Amin Adli had a great chance to score. Neuer saves it, goes out for throw-in. Throw-in is taken... Quickly enough that Bayern are not paying attention. The ball gets played in to the back post where... Who else, really? Bayern Munich loanee, Josip Stanisic, um, opened the scoring for Bayer Leverkusen. Um, he obviously didn't celebrate. If that was me, I obviously would have celebrated. But then you think, OK, maybe Bayern is a wake-up call for them. They continue to be terrible. Leverkusen had chance after chance after chance. I think their only downfall in the fact that they didn't go in at half time with more with a bigger lead was because they were playing with Nathan Teller and Amin Adli, who are not really 
proper out-and-out strikers like um, Victor Boniface, for example. And then in the second half, again, Bayern come out, they look a bit better. Um, but Leverkusen within five minutes of 2-0 up with Grimaldo scoring, obviously. Grimaldo is the signing of the season in the Bundesliga, a free transfer, and he is worth every penny so far. Not every penny, because there wasn't one. Um, but he was a steal. Then Bayern tried to find some sort of win or anything. They obviously don't get it. And right at the end of the game, 2-0 down, Manuel Neuer decides to come up for a corner. God knows why. Um, the ball gets played out. Jeremy Fringpong, by himself, runs the length, of, nearly the length of the pitch. Um, you think he's overran and he's played the ball out. However, he managed to get a shot off um, to make it 3-0 in an open goal. So th- with this win, Leverkusen go three point five points clear, I mean. They go five points clear at the top of the table, ahead of Bayern Munich. And obviously I want to get excited and be like, oh, Leverkusen, they're going to do it now. Um, obviously the interesting part about this game is the fact that Bayern Munich only had one shot on target. Obviously, as, men- as I mentioned earlier, they had no shots on target against Lazio. So now it's really a case of this is this is this may have been the knockout blow for Bayern, and it re- may have most likely really damaged their confidence. Obviously, they played Bochum at the weekend. Normally, they beat Bochum quite convincingly as well. However, it was in this game two years ago. In fact, just over two years ago to the day when they play, um, that Bochum did beat them four two. So it is entirely possible that they could do it again and then Bayern are in a struggling, a bad position. Obviously, the week after they play Leipzig, which I think it's really do or die for Bayern then. If they don't beat Leipzig, it's it may be over. I mean, they, they are already five points behind and they're not playing well. Like, Leverkusen is, is outperforming them um well in in their style of play and how and how effective they are and i think it's really a it, it's a matter of time before more results start accruing against bayern and this 5 point lead doesn't really look like something that they're going to be able to reduce if i'm being honest and and the thing is leverkusen's next difficult game difficult game on paper is at the end of april against against dortmund so it's entirely possible that by then it could be over, and then Leverkusen they'll probably still beat Dortmund, but it it won't be the end of the world, or if they lose, um, because they have a really comfortable run of fixtures. Obviously, as I mentioned, Bayern play Leipzig, they then play Freiburg, and now the delusion in me believes that right at the end of the March, at the end of March, they play Dortmund. Dortmund could be able to get something out of this. And even if Tuchel's in charge by then, I, that could even be the dagger for him. And he'll most likely won't be in charge for much longer after that or be sacked by then. Um, so now we will have our break and then we'll be back with La Liga.
Uh, welcome back from our break. We will now look at La Liga, where, similar to the Bundesliga, we had a top-of-the-table clash. However, the outcome wasn't really the same. In conclusion, Girona are frauds. Um, this was um, an observation that some people had made after their first clash against Real Madrid, in which they lost 3-0. Um, but it was like, oh, maybe it's a fluke game. Um, but no, it, it turns out that Ancelotti just absolutely can see through these frauds. Um, and he did it twice, and he did it even better this time. Uh, Real Madrid just smacked Girona 4-0, and it just wasn't, it just wasn't close. Like, they went 2-0 down into halftime, and Real Madrid just never looked too uncomfortable. Um, essentially, Ancelotti quite easily exploited the fact that uh, Girona abandoned all logical defence in order to try to attack as much as possible. So if you just kind of counter Girona um, through the flanks, you, you just win. Like, like that's you, you literally just win. Um, and especially when you have a fast-paced player like Vinicius, like you, you, you can absolutely just tell them apart. And that is basically what happened. Uh, obviously, Bellingham got a brace because it's Bellingham. Like He just scores. Um, and Rodrigo also got himself a good goal. Uh, and really, it was just a matter of of Girona being a small team. Uh, I, I I don't really like this Girona downfall coming at the hands of Real Madrid, but uh, I was a little bit uh, ifed by the fact that they're nice and interesting, but not fully sound tactics were succeeding so often. And I was just waiting for this to happen, for, for them to be figured out. And it did finally happen. So at this point, Real Madrid has basically just won themselves the league. Like, like, like that's simply how it is. They're now four points ahead of uh, Girona, and as I said, Girona may play nicer football and they might look better on the pitch, but Real Madrid are a more serious team. Like they actually know how to win, uh, how to win consistently, and so I think that there's not really a contest anymore. Um, and between Real Madrid and the next, they're not even a serious team anymore, but the next almost serious team, which is Barcelona. Uh, there's 10 points, and that's just too much. Like, B- Barcelona cannot catch that up. Uh, speaking of Barcelona and not being serious, they drew 3-3 against Granada, who are threatened with relegation. And um, to be fair, Barcelona actually managed to score a fair amount this game, uh, which was a problem they were having before. But uh, And Lewandowski scored, which is also good news. Uh, but if I'm being honest, it was mostly just Yamin Lamal and uh, the other youngsters just doing all the legwork. Pretty much the best players this game were Lamin Yamal and Kubarsi. Both of these players have combined age 11 Dosky, which is crazy. Um, Pedro is also really good. And then everyone else can basically just go to jail. Like, like why is Cancelo... If, if Barcelona pay money for Cancelo, like, that would be crazy. Because he is a high-quality player, but, like, he just doesn't fit in. Um, he doesn't fit in. He's not serious. Like he, he just is there because having Barcelona on your CV is nice. Um, same with a lot of these players. Like Gundogan sometimes turns up, sometimes doesn't. But he's not like there every single game. Lewandowski played well this game, but like he's he he's not always like at his best. Um, there's a lot of demotivation in the faces of the players. Um, Frankie De Jong, uh, was like the most noticeable. Or he just his motivation didn't really seem to be there in his post match match interviews. Um, he looked defeated and 
quite unhappy with uh, with the situation. Uh, however, speaking of disappointing and uh, and defeat, um, Atleti had the chance to overtake Barcelona and take a third spot for them for themselves, but they actually fell even further behind um, by losing to Sevilla, uh, one of the worst teams in the league at the moment. Um, almost as bad as Granada, if I'm being honest. Uh, the problem, which I had covered before, uh, the Atleti are incredible, and I mean incredible, playing at home. Um, this entire season, they have lost one game at home against Atleti Bilbao in the Copa del Rey, and, uh, and they drew one game at home the entire season, uh, no matter the competition. Playing away, they are awful. Um, if, if you were to take only their away record, well, o- only everyone's away record, Atleti would be tenth in the league. They they have, uh, they have like a fifty percent loss record playing away, which is crazy. Like like you 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 can't compete when you literally lose a half of the games. But they they've only won one third of their away games. Like that is so unsustainable and like really terrible. You're just throwing points down the shitter. Like it it just doesn't make sense. They have the most losses like like in total. They have the most losses out of any single team. In the top seven of La Liga with six losses, no one else comes close. It it is crazy. So Atleti really just have, it, it, even though to be fair, um, they did play pretty well uh, this game against Sevilla, and they just kind of got unlucky conceding a penalty. It it still is crazy that they have this inability to break down, le- legitimately like one of the worst teams just because they're not playing at home. I I don't understand how there's this unbelievable cosmetic change. But yes, speaking of teams underperforming, Almeria also beat Athletic Club, who themselves uh, could have challenged challenged Atleti and taken fourth spot, but but they drew. Also against a bad team, this time against uh, literally the last team in the table. Um, So we're kind of seeing a case of the best teams in the Liga are all equally bad right now, but Real Madrid is getting points. Well, well, except Real Madrid essentially, because they're actually playing pretty good. Um, particularly Bellingham, of course. So, it looks like we're finally reaching the end of the saga as Mbappe has announced that he will leave PSG at the end of the season. So, finally, it is over. However, there's obviously no no one knows where he's going to go next. But, most likely, odds-on favourite, Real Madrid. Um, so, if Mbappe does move to Real Madrid it means they have Kylian Mbappe Jude Bellingham Vinicius Junior all into Juemi they apparently want to sign Alfonso Davies as their left back so if this happens obviously this is currently a hypothetical situation how great will the impact be on the competitiveness of La Liga. Um, if I'm being honest, kind of as I said before, the quality of La Liga right now, and and essentially since the start of COVID, um, has been low. Um, Barcelona managed to win last year, essentially just because every other team was so bad, but they themselves were not good either. Uh, I've already covered this, but they literally just won because they had such an unbelievably tight defense um, that they conceded almost no goals, and Ter Stegen was so unbelievably good. But essentially all of the competitors were just worse than them. That's that's basically what just happened. Um, meanwhile, this season we're seeing a, a Real Madrid team that is good, 
but not like the usual amazing quality you need to win the Liga. Uh, almost curb something everyone. And Girona also basically curb something everyone because um, the competitiveness of the Liga just isn't very good. It is because essentially the Premier League is buying up all of the Liga's good players as with every other league's good players. Um, and because um, La Liga can't really develop or buy any of their own players due to the financial restrictions. Real Madrid, for some reason, can keep splashing. Uh, we'll not question that. But they also have a very good manager who I think right now is probably the best manager in La Liga. M- maybe Michel is... No, no, no. I, I think Ancelotti... I, I'm not going to mention Ancelotti and... And, and Michel in the same in the same breath. Michel is just a one season wonder, half a season wonder. Actually, he's a good manager, um, and so he can build like a good dynasty. They have a good core of players and good young players as well, uh, who can last them a while. So my opinion is, even if they don't sign Mbappe and Alfonso Davies, Real Madrid can become undisputed top um, of the Liga for a long, long time. Especially because they can exploit the hack, where unlike the Premier League, where TV rights get spread out evenly. Um, it's just like the top dogs get the most money. So if they just keep winning, they just keep getting more and more and more money, and they just keep buying better players and and, and making the difference between between others bigger. Essentially, just Bundesliga'ing the whole thing, um, and that that I think is already on its way to happening. Um, but it's going to get even worse uh, if they do get Mbappe. Like the Liga will just be over. Like who's going to be able to stop them? Because right now they're pretty good. But you sign Mbappe, maybe Alfonso Davies. And suddenly you just have like essentially a team that is unbeatable for most of the La Liga teams. And and that, that's how I see it really. In Syria, Inter are slowly drawing away from the rest of the pack. We kind of knew this was going to happen anyway. Um, Inter have by far been the best team in, in Syria this season. Um, they did beat Roma 4-2. So the new manager bounce for Roma is over. Again, it was quite a... a dominating win from Inter Um, Roma had their moments in the first half but um, Inter were able to ride the storm and the reason why Inter were able to pull away was due to the fact that Juventus on Monday lost to Udinese 1-0 so their loss does mean that Milan are now one point behind them as they beat Napoli 1-0 after a goal from Teo Hernandez while Atalanta are back you know they're back. They're in fourth place currently. Um, they did beat Genoa four one, um, and co- and they are, albeit quite a way off Milan, ten points to be exact. Um, there is a. They are battling out with Bologna of all teams for the final Champions League spot. So at the weekend, um, again, there's nothing real like major. That could obviously, oh, either of these teams could lose, but there's no like big matchups between the rest of the teams. So now we will have a break and then we'll be back with Liga.
Welcome back from our anthem break. We were going to listen to the Lazio anthem, but they are raging Nazis. So instead, we are going to go for Leverkusen. So Nick, what do you rate it out of ten? Uh, I would rate it. It's it's okay, seven out of ten. I'm gonna give it an eight solely because of the fact that Leverkusen beat um, by Munich. So as I said, we'll look at Liga. Um, PSG are. 12 points clear at the top of the table. Um, it's over. Well, you we knew that already. Um, they beat Lille 3-1, but because Monaco beat Nice 3-2 in the Battle of the South of France, they extended the lead even more. So it's it's over. So we're going to drag this out even more. With Mbappe leaving PSG at the end of the season, is this a blessing in disguise now? Can PSG finally become like a proper team and not have to rely on individuals now? I think that PSG don't have enough of a vision to make this work. Um, f- first of all, usually when a big player like Mbappe leaves, they leave a huge sum of money uh, for you to reinvest. I guess it doesn't really matter because um, PSG are the property of a nation state uh, with their financial backing. But it, it will still hurt them. They can't suddenly buy 220 million euros worth of players to replace 220 million worth euros worth of players that has just left them. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, as I said before, I don't think PSG have a good vision. Like like the signings they've been making in the last multiple seasons have just been kind of incoherent and still in line with their policy of Oh, let's just um, see who's big right now, and try and uh, and try and sign them. Um, however, I think uh, if they do kind of put more thought about it and try and build a team uh, around Luis Enrique's style and his needs, it could go well. Because Mbappe isn't really Luis, en- Luis Enrique type of player. Um, to be fair, nor are like. Gonzalo Ramos or like half the damn signings they've made since 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 him, but I think that um if they change their philosophy and they stop their over reliance on the big flashy names for the sake of big flashy names, um they could start cooking if I'm being honest, but I I I just don't think they have the capacity to to change their mentality. And is this going to improve Liga as a league now that they've lost undoubtedly the best player in the league and the player that is single handedly really carried this PSG team for a good few years have they finally is this going to greatly improve Liga and we'll start going start and we will start to see different winners um, because PSG won't have this lifeline that is Mbappe or is it or is it the fact that PSG are, are so have so much more money compared to th- these other teams that it's really going to be a similar case to just for example Austria, where Salzburg run away with it time and time again. I, I mean, I think this is really where I, I, we, we've been criticizing PSG this whole time for a while. It it literally just is Mbappe dragging them through the mud, and and if they don't do a good and sensible restructuring, they are going to nosedive. They're going to completely plummet, and we're going to see new winners of of Ligue 1 and, and new competitors just spring up like crazy. Um, I also do hope that we can see um, different winners, um, especially because like 
the last different winner was, as we know, Lille nearly three years ago now. And before that, it was Monaco seven years ago. Um, so finally, to wrap things up, we will look at the Eredivisie. Um, yes, in the Eredivisie, one of the biggest stories throughout this whole season was Ajax. The fact that first they were legitimately awful and threatened with relegation, and then they were um, recovering quite strongly. And uh, just last weekend, they actually uh, lost, um, I think, taking a lot of wind out of their sails because they were just stepping on the doorsteps of European competitions. Um, if they had won against Hedainvin, which sit mid-table, they would have broken into um, into fifth place, uh, sorry, into fourth place, securing them a, a Conference League spot. But uh, instead, they lost 3-2. And although they did play quite well, and Chuba Akpom scored a scored a goal, which I forgot he existed. They just didn't really look strong enough to compete among like the top four of of the Eredivisie, and so with that they they remain fifth for now. They they're just trying to overtake Azad Alkmaar right now, who themselves aren't super consistent. They drew nil nil against Almeida, but yeah, then the other teams, uh, as as I kind of mentioned earlier, there's not really a title race anymore. Um, Feyenoord won against Sparta Rotterdam 2-0 and PSV delivered their weekly nuke and uh, smacked Volendam 5-1 and there's a 10-point 10, 10 lead at the top of the table like that's that's just not going to change anytime soon I think uh, so yeah that's it for EDDVZ and that is it for this week thank you for listening please like us, follow us, subscribe and we will be back next week Thank you very much.